Uh, we're going to talk about uh, washing a little bit here uh, because that's what starts our gospel today. And if you're like me, A, Jesus help you. Uh, but B, I, I misunderstood this a lot of my life. Um, when they talk about purifying, when they talk about unclean, it actually was a different word. Uh, the word was common, so they would have said to Jesus, uh, they observed that some of the disciples ate their meals with, un, or with common hands. Uh, but the farther we got from this reality, the less that word made sense. What do they mean by unclean or common? It all came from a school of thought that the Pharisees gave Judaism. And I know we're used to thinking of them as the good or the bad guys, but in many ways, they were the people who fought for the little guy. They were the ones who fought for this idea of universal holiness. Namely, it's not just the job of priests. So how did they do it? Uh, they filled everyone's day with reminders of God. That's what they tried to do. So uh, if you know religious or practicing Jews, you know often the men will wear, wear a kippah, right? A skull cap. And the reason for that is quite literally God on my mind. My friend who's an Orthodox Jew, his life is literally filled with prayer because he has all of these different things he has to do by the law. That's what they're talking about. So when we talk about the disciples washing their hands, it has nothing to do with cleanliness. They weren't trying to get clean, right? Uh, what they were doing was a ritual to signify, I left the market, the market, right? That, that place that isn't holy, and now I'm leaving it. So I wash my hands. I sanctify the moment. Why am I washing my hands? Not to get them clean but to remind myself of holiness. So there was a ritual. You, you cupped your hand, you poured a certain amount of water in it, and then you did this. You did this action three or five or seven times, depending on which school of thought you followed. The goal wasn't really to get your hands clean. That ain't going to do it. Uh, the goal was, I recognize that I'm leaving a secular place, doing a secular thing, and I'm going to bring God into this moment. Their lives were filled with these. What's the problem then? Why did Jesus get upset? Because clearly at some point, somebody missed the point. That instead of, I don't know, minding their own business, they're checking to see if those people wash their hands. So whatever this was supposed to do, it didn't work because it didn't change the inside. They got the outside right. They got the inside wrong. I can follow all the rules and be a jerk, right? I can do all the right actions here at Mass and be kind of horrible. Yeah? I mean, not me, of course. No, all of us. This is, this is what we want to walk with. But what we want to start with first is as Catholics, that's a big part of us. We're trying to do the right thing here in Mass because it's not our Mass. It belongs to God. So part of the genius of Catholicism, 
is A, you know, Jesus gave it to us and he's good at stuff, yeah? Uh, but B, Catholicism recognizes and uh, fills our worship with the knowledge that we are body-soul unities. We are body-soul unities. And I talk about this a lot because it's important, and I was never taught it till seminary, and it changed everything for me. But we are body-soul unities. What does that mean? Remember how in the opening prayer we, it's talked about increase our sense of reverence? That's our goal with the externals. Right? When you and I walk into church, one of our first thoughts needs to be reverence. And what is reverence? You can literally deconstruct that word for 10 minutes. I have. I'm a loser, right? Uh, but in the end, it comes down to a very simple thing. It's awareness. I'm aware of who I am. I'm aware of who he is. And I'm aware of where I am. And I will show that awareness to myself by using my body to remind me. Namely, if someone walks in and sees a tabernacle and they're not Catholic, their first clue that it is central to us is us. Because what do we do? We genuflect. When we walk in, we see the tabernacle and we genuflect. We put one knee on the ground for reverence, one knee up for readiness, and we do it slowly. Right? I, I uh, always, when I'm teaching little squigglies about how to do the uh, genuflection, I always ask them to avoid the two-step. Do you know the two-step? I can actually do it for you, right? So we kind of come into the pew, you know. Uh, that thing, right? No, make it count, right? Make it count. Why? You're using your body to tell your mind, wait, I'm in a different place. This is the most important thing in the room. And so I slowly and reverently, with awareness, genuflect. It's one of our gestures, isn't it? Another one of ours is that when we get close to the altar, we do what the church calls a profound bow. Yeah? We take our time, right? And again, what do I tell the kids? Don't be a chicken, right? <laughs> you know that one? I always do want to put corn on the ground, you know, just to see, uh, none of y'all, I'll take it. Okay, so that's another way. We use our bodies to tell our minds, hey, something's going on here. This is different. It's not a table. It's an altar. It's the place where the sacrifice is offered, huh? I could go on and on, and there's always danger of that. But our mass is filled with these, with the sign of the cross, Right? And we can do them to get them done, or we can do them because it's a love that comes from the inside out. And I think that's the balance Jesus wants us to have. That in the end, we want to do the right thing. We want to genuflect with reverence. We want to bow with awareness. We want to make the sign of the cross rejoicing in that and in saying, I'm with you on the cross. All of these beautiful physical gestures, we need to do them because it's right, but we don't want to pretend that's the end. That's a symptom of Catholicism. That's not Catholicism. Because again, 
I can genuflect profoundly. I can do an elegant, well, I can't do an elegant bow, but some of you I'm sure could, right? We can do beautiful bows, beautiful, and have hearts filled with anger and malice. That we want a beautiful, interdependent relationship of I'm doing this physical thing to remind me and it's coming out of love. This is love flowing from my heart and showing with my body. And this is my body reminding my mind of where I am. Some years ago, many years ago, Bishop Carl was our bishop and uh, we were having a convocation, right? In fact, one's coming up. Uh, where all the priests in our diocese get together at this place and hear lectures on how we're too fat and need to pray more. Yeah. That was funny, but it's kind of true. Um, well, we need to pray more and we're too fat. So anyway, uh, we pray Mass together, and it's always a weird thing. It's the only time in my life this happens where there's 90 priests praying Mass and no laity. Right? And priests are used to being in charge Oh, which results in a really interesting phenomena at those masses, yeah? But it was after communion, and I was sitting next to Bishop Carl. I was serving as acolyte that mass. And this sweet, holy, very elderly priest, he was like 900, right? And we'd finished communion, and he was purifying the vessels. And a younger priest saw him doing it wrong and popped up and was like, Father, excuse me, and shoved him out of the way to do it right. At which point, if you ever saw Bishop Carl mad, it was a beautiful thing, if it wasn't at you, you know. Uh, he jumped up, walked over and went, young man, sit down. And all of us sat down just in case, right? He had that tone, was, you know. He channeled my mom. The young man had the external right but the internal wrong, yeah? The external wasn't doing the work in here it should. He was good at the symptoms of reverence, but there wasn't a reverence in his heart because he disrespected an older priest and embarrassed him in front of everyone. Good kid, don't get me wrong, we all do these sorts of things. For me, it came when I was in Mexico. Um, when I was in seminary, and it's a long story, short version is this. I didn't want to go to seminary. I went because I felt like God wanted me there. And I went there with such arrogance, right? Uh, okay, Lord, you know, noble me, uh, following your call, volunteering for a life of misery and pain. And uh, I'm an idiot, yeah. And I'd been there a year and I was so in love. By the end of that year, I couldn't believe what Jesus did in my heart, confronting that arrogance and showing me how lucky I was. That's when gears changed for me, and I was hopeful they wouldn't kick me out. Yeah? A lot of guys get kicked out, right? Or asked to leave. Um, and so I prayed, and I was like, Lord, uh, please let me do this. Right? Please. And I made a deal with Mary. I don't know if you've heard of her. She's the mother of God, kind of a big deal. But I, was, I went to her. We had a whole shrine to her because we're seminarians and that's how we roll. And I told her, if you can get me ordained, 
I'll go down to Mexico and I'll pray mass at your shrine in Guadalupe. So uh, I, I got, this is the surprise ending. I got ordained. Uh, thank you. Who laughed? That was funny, wasn't it? I mean, uh, so I got on a plane and I, I flew down to Mexico with one of my priest heroes. And one of the things I was conscious of, and this might sound funny, but I'm not trying to be, the way I learned what Spanish I knew is by playing ball and by working with fellows from Mexico. And what that meant is there wasn't a class, I didn't memorize conjugations, I could do really good, but I learned that there were things I was saying that weren't good. I didn't know, I thought such and such was an adverb, and it was, but not one you should say, <laughs> ever, right? And truly that happened a few times because I learned it playing ball down there. And, you know, so I was always conscious of when I spoke Spanish to look for this face. You know what I mean? <laughs> Write that one down. So imagine when we got there, and I was so excited just to be there and pray Mass, but the rector asked me of the shrine of um, Our Lady Guadalupe, you should pray Mass. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> Spanish is beautiful except when I speak it, you know? And, and he said to me this, it's beautiful to God. So shaking with nerves and fear, I prayed Mass in Spanish uh, at the shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and I bawled like an idiot the whole time. And no, nobody ran out screaming, so I, you know, and when I was walking out of Mass, um, people began leaving their pews and grabbing my hands and kissing them. And I was so wildly uncomfortable. And I started to pull my hand away, like, oh my gosh. And Bill, the, the priest, he, he had the big old paw. He put it on my shoulder and he said, it's not about you, stop it. And listen. And I listened to what they were saying. These hands gave us Jesus. That's what everybody was saying when they kissed my hands. Do not kiss my hands. <laughs> right. But in that moment, God had to confront my pride that was making it about me. They weren't kissing my hands because they like me or because I did a good job or a bad job, but because these gave them Jesus. And I don't deserve that. But that moment wasn't about me. I just tried to make it about me. And that's what made it awful. And for us, I assume if you're here, you want to love Jesus well, and I do too. And I know I'm a sinner, and I know you know I'm a sinner. But when we come in here, we want to proclaim the truth with our bodies. Jesus deserves my reverence. I need to be aware of where I am and what I'm doing. And I need to really figure out quickly that it's not about me. And the way I figure out I've made it about me 
is when my reverence is interrupted by my awareness of the others doing it wrong. That's how I know. That's one of my clues. Darn it, I made it about me. How do I know? Because I'm aware of somebody not washing their hands or somebody not doing it right. It's amazing how holy we can become when we live this beautiful truth. It ain't my business. If it's not my business, then I'll focus on the reason I'm here. And why am I here? Because he deserves it. Because I love him. May we get the externals right, because that's important. But may we never mistake the symptoms of holiness for holiness itself. That we need to express with our bodies what is coming from our hearts. May Jesus bless us to do so and to fight that fight internally so that we live here the beautiful truth that it's not all about us. Amen? Amen. Okay.